What no man's gonna answer that call? What man's gonna step up and attack the moment is necessary? Of centering our discussion and our size Welcome everyone to episode three of What Man, the show where our panel looks at what's hot, meaningful, and necessary for men to better lead themselves, their families, their communities, and their organizations. This evening, our inspiration comes from Credence Clearwater Revival's Fortunate Son. Often associated with the Vietnam War, according to John Fogarty who wrote the song, it was actually written to speak about the unfairness of class. And so, right now, as we shelter in place during this time of COVID, the argument of open or close affects those in the class margins the most. And so tonight, episode three looks at to address a matter of class. I'm your host, Harry, founder of 22 Today Ministries. And tonight, I'm going to be joined by Pastor and Colonel D'Artagnan Hayward, Shannon Wilkerson, CEO of Flawless Faith, and Curtis Wilkerson, president of Decision Maker Inc. So let's get into it. Brothers, I am so excited about tonight. Seems to be a common phrase with me, but each one of these episodes has just gotten better and better. And so tonight, as we talk about a matter of class and the classism that's going on in America right now. But first, Brother Shannon, please lead us in prayer. All right, Heavenly Father, we give your name praise, glory, and honor. Lord, we lift your name on high. God, we esteem you high above the earth. Lord, we just love you and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for keeping us in our right minds. We thank you, Lord, for keeping a hedge of protection over us. We thank you for making ways out of no ways, Lord, in the midst of this uncertainty that we're in in this nation and around the world globally. We thank thank you, Lord, that you have been a constant. You've been a constant provider. You've been a constant way maker. You have been a constant healer. You've been a constant deliverer. Lord, we thank you for being constant in our life, Lord. So we're just asking you tonight, Lord God, that you just once again, just use us for your glory. Take over our minds, take over our speech patterns, Lord, have your way so that whatever we speak tonight will reflect your glory here in the earth, Lord, so that we can reflect your kingdom. Lord, we give your name glory. We give your name honor. We give your name praise, Lord, as we come together as this collective body of men coming together to empower one another so that we can make change here in the earth in our communities and our homes. Lord, we glorify your holy and righteous name. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Shannon. So here it is. For the last few months here in America, COVID-19 has changed the way we live. For many, it has meant no longer being able to go to work. And for many of those, it means no longer receiving a steady income. The lockdown has, in fact, led to protests across the nation for folks to plead for their local governments to allow them to resume working or to find new work with the need to receive wages and in turn take care and support their families. For others, many would say this is simply not something we can do yet. The risk is too great to the health of those we share community with, and it would be short-sighted to put the economy above our health. While both sides of the coin have valid arguments, one aspect that doesn't grab the headlines, but we plan to shine a light on this evening, is just how prevalent social class structure is right now in America, and how the gap between those widens every day. For the panel, I want to open with this. As believers, social structures should not be new to us. Jesus tended to focus a great deal of his teachings, referencing rich versus poor, but for so many today, rich 
verse poor in terms of finances, could also directly relate to life or death, health or sickness. To be at risk of infection or at risk of starvation is the immediate question faced by those not listed in what we would call the upper class. And so tonight, and Dart, we're coming to you. Tonight, we first ask, what should we as leaders do to help? And what advice or guidance should we provide to our local and national level governments looking to either open or continue with this lockdown? Well, this is a uh, good evening, brothers. This is definitely a topic that's relevant and, and currently pressing, not just in America, but also around the world. As we look at uh, what should we do, what should we not do, and when it comes to uh, what, how should we respond? And as leaders, I would say our response to this particular question, this particular dialogue on the class, classisms of, of how one group is treated differently compared to another group, um, or as we can say, the rich versus the poor, or the proletariat versus the bourgeoisie, the haves, the have-nots, those who are born with, those who are born without. There's one thing that is definitely certain and sure as we look at America, which is the land of opportunity, uh, the home of the free because of the brave, we, we have to understand that as leaders, something that we need to do is we need to educate. Uh, and we have to educate from a biblical perspective because just because you may start off one way doesn't mean you have to end up one way or another way. Case in point, for example, I, I grew up in a, in a, if we were to look at it as a class, it would be below the poverty line, not just poor. So looking at it from that perspective, just because you start off one way doesn't mean you have to end up one way because we follow as believers certain principles that are taught to us by leaders. And these, these, these principles that are taught are very much so biblical principles. Looking at the aspect, uh, for example, when it comes to uh, financial structure, we have to look at money as money as a tool. And it's a, it's a tool that we can look at or utilize to display relevancy or our understanding of stewardship. How will you handle money will determine how you will handle other things or possessions. And according to the Bible, money is the least thing to God. And since money is the least thing to God, as he says, if you're faithful in what's the least of things or the little thing, then you will be faithful in much. But if you're not faithful in this little thing, you won't be faithful in much. So we have to look at money as to what money is. So according to the word of God, uh, money is, is, is definitely a tool, as we said. It's also money is protection, just as wisdom is protection. So we understand that money has its place. Money is not our ruler. Money isn't the thing we chase after, but money has a purpose. And we have to understand when it comes to, to money, uh, it's used to, to guide our understanding or, or, our, or our usage of our obedience to what we're going to do with, with the money. So when I say we have to educate, this is what I mean. When we look at America, an overwhelming majority of our population, it's, it's upwards in the, the 90% of people have less than $5,000 in a savings account. So for this to be the land of opportunity, the home of the free, the home because of the brave, or, or the, the land of, of, of wealth and of so much, there, there seems to be very poor education when it comes to finances, because in America, we're the land of abundance, and we're the land of consuming and spending, and, and have now, get now, but we've missed some principles here. And the principles that we've missed is, what would happen to saving for a rainy day? So when something like a COVID-19 comes, or something does happen, 
we won't be caught in a financial burden of not being able to do X, Y, or Z because we don't have the financial means. And it's because these biblical principles are lacking that we as leaders have to get back to teaching. Example, from the word in Proverbs chapter six, the word of God says, go to the ant, you slugger, consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain or leader, overseer or ruler, provides her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So there's a time to save and there's a time to spend, in other words. There's times that we have to put aside for a rainy day. It's kind of hard to put aside for a rainy day when you have less than $5,000 in savings. And this is the land of abundance. And it's because these are principles that aren't being taught properly. And these principles are, you have to sow as believers. We have to sow, we have to save, and then we spend. And in America, we're such a consumer economy that it's backwards and we spend in abundance and we have nothing in savings. And if you're not a believer, you probably don't sow at all. But that's a biblical principle. And we can look more into that, but we'd really like to hear from some of the brothers as we dive into or look at or tear that apart at these principles of sowing, saving, and spending and why it's important and why it's important to God and how as believers, it sets us up to success when times like this arise and there's a famine in the land. That's what we can kind of look at COVID-19 as. There's a famine in the land, there's a disaster or there's distress, but we are, as believers, we shouldn't be in a struggle position or we shouldn't be in a position of, of, of wanting because wise enough to put up enough for any day. Okay? We were wise enough to put aside some substance to be able to carry us over. And again, there's tons of scriptures that can, that can assist us with this, but I want to turn it over to some of the brothers and see what you all have to say. Wow, that, that's, that's definitely deep. I'm going to jump in there. And it's something that I just was, uh, you know, I wrote down was like S cubed. That's something that we can like, uh, you know, you said, so, uh, so save and then spend. Um, that's maybe something that we should definitely start yes. know, teaching um, in our you know, Christian community. That, that's, that's definitely, you know, you know, one of the things that we run into is that we don't practice enough of the things that uh, are taught in the Bible. Um, if we are to begin doing those things, you know, that will be able to definitely strengthen our households and be able to give men some structure to start to build off of in our communities as well. Absolutely. Um, I know for myself, one of the greatest things that my aunt said to me growing up, and I know that everyone that lives in impoverished neighborhoods don't necessarily, um, they don't always act, and I want to use the term ghetto, I don't want to use it, I want to use that loosely, however, but that's, you know, what she, she taught me. She said to me one day, I remember growing up, we were young kids and we had took a bottle of shoe polish and we wrote on the wall overnight. So the early the next morning, it may have been about six or seven o'clock in the morning. And I remember her saying to me, I might live in a ghetto, but the ghetto doesn't live in me. And that was so powerful. I felt that my aunt then was using her influence to influence us to think higher of ourselves. So exactly what you definitely said, Dart, I believe if we have a, a group of people who will um, go into the impoverished areas, that will go into the places that are less fortunate, go into the places that are low income, I believe that we can make a, a profound impact in those areas. And the Lord had laid on my heart a while ago that he is calling some of us who are Christ representatives to be urban ambassadors 
when we think about ambassadorship, um, I had to actually look this up. It was saying that an ambassador is the president's highest ranking representative to a specific nation or international organization abroad. An effective ambassador has, a, has to be a strong leader, a good manager, a resilient negotiator, and a respected representative of the United States. And I started thinking to myself, hmm, that sounds exactly like what God has called us to be here in the earth. And Colossians 3, when we start reading chapter 12, I mean, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12, down to verse 17, I'm going to read this really quick. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel others with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I believe we're called to be urban ambassadors. We're called to be take the kingdom because we're called by the highest officer of the universe. We know the president calls ambassadors to go to represent United States and the nations, but we're called by the highest officer of the universe to be ambassadors here in our in our homes, be ambassadors in our communities, in our cities, in our states, wherever we go. And I believe if we would take on that mindset that wherever I go, I'm an ambassador for the kingdom, then I believe that we can effect and affect people who are in these areas so that they can see like, I may come for you, know, I may be here in this place right now, but there's always a better place that God has for me and, and, and the foresight, I can see it. That that's great, mm, Shannon. Exactly, I, I, I couldn't agree more in, on so many of those. Something that comes to my mind as we're thinking about, but a, a question that comes to my mind is: Well, with the education piece, and and we start working with folks, and even if to have, even if you have those ambassadors, what do we say to those right now that are outside protesting, those that are sitting on city hall stairs, and those that are saying that this is, in some cases, a hoax right now? Or, or others that are saying, no, you're not going to take away my rights. Interested in getting some thoughts there. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, you, you have to, you know, look at the, the greater good of, uh, of humanity. And, you know, hey, we, we're all due our rights, you know, from the Constitution. But some things just for the greater good of humanity, greater good of your, you know, your family. You have to, you know, sit back and yeah, that's one of the things, you know, here in Philadelphia that we were pushing um, about folks who were not adhering to the social distancing rules was saying, hey, you know, don't be selfish right now because, you know, even though you get sick, you may be asymptomatic, you may not feel any of the symptoms, you can take it home to your mother, your grandmother, your, your child, at which, you know, someone in your family may die. I mean, I, I know, you know, some friends personally who, who has been in the ICU and, and now, you know, he, he woke up and he has to now learn how to walk again. Um, so that's something that, you know, that, that was tangible in terms of me saying, Hey, I, I know this is not a, a hoax. Um, this is not something that's a spin or anything like that. Um, I think one of the major things too, you know, I don't want to get too political with it, but if you look at the folks who are protesting to open up the, the country again, um, I believe it's more geared towards 
election season and folks being able to go out to these different cities and, 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 and go out there and get and rile their base up. I think that's ultimately what it is. And there's someone behind the scenes who are pushing this agenda. And then if you also look at, you know, the, the COVID piece that's going on as well, it's affecting most people who are in impoverished or poor neighborhoods. And, you know, one of the things that my cousin was speaking about, I think with me and Shannon at one point was, you know, saying that the way that it is killing folks that are in poorer communities is that they may even live in food deserts where they can't get the proper nutrition and order to fight off the COVID, or they may be diabetic, they may have you know, high blood pressure, they may have all these different other underlying ailments. And due to those circumstances where they aren't able to get fresh produce, they aren't able to get, you know, proper medical care, that's why it's affecting them to the degree that it has affected them. Yeah, I, um, I couldn't agree more uh, with, with with the comments there. Here's here's another aspect is is the obedience piece when, when we're given an instruction. And hey, I can talk about it because where I came from, North Philadelphia, for example, I've been getting reports and been have been told about how there are scores of, of, of people on, on the corners, you know, and when I say scores, I mean, I'm talking 50, 100, 150 people on the corners, uh, gambling, playing crafts, hanging out, doing what they do, no mask on, no social distancing. So you wonder why certain neighborhoods or certain populations are affected, maybe it's because you're not being obedient in, in, in social distancing. And just as Curtis said, maybe asymptomatic, but what about the person who you're taking it you're, you're taking it to who could be in your home or who could be on the bus or who could be near you who's not asymptomatic, who could have underlining or pre-existing health conditions? You know, it's 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 not being sensitive enough to to look out or take care of or protect your neighbor. And and that is that's just downright selfish. And it, it's selfish and it's inconsiderate. And it's, it's the mentality of, I only care about myself and focus on me, and literally to hell with everyone else. And that's a very bad mentality to have because that's the mentality of me, my four, and no more. And, and, it's, and it's selfish. And just as Shannon was saying, that's not what we're supposed to do in the body of Christ because it's about the body. It's about how we support one another. It's about how uh, every joint supplies. It's about how can we do this and how can we stick together? And we sticking together and supporting one another is not hanging out with no mask on and not social distancing because just because you may not be affected doesn't mean your brother or sister or someone that they could be close to uh, won't, be, um, uh, won't be affected. Um, and again, it goes back to, like we said, it's the education piece. As leaders, we must educate folks. And, and education to the point of just because you start off a certain way doesn't mean you end up a certain way. Just because you may start off poor doesn't mean you have to end up poor. Because rich and poor really is a mindset based upon the application of a principle to change that mindset. You can, you can get out of certain financial conditions, just like you can get out of certain health conditions, based upon what principles you put into practice. If you continue to eat junk food and sugars, you're going to be fat. If you continue to spend all your money, you're going to continue to be poor. You have to change certain principles in your life to get certain outcomes that are different. And there are people who are not believers who apply various principles and get the, the Bible promised outcome because it's principle based and God honors a principle. So if you, if you do the principles, you'll get the outcome. And here's an example of this. Looking at the parable of the talents, God gave these three people, or, or should we say the king, gave these three people talents. He gave one five, he gave one two, he gave the other one one. And here's the key according to their own ability. So you may not start off with a whole lot because your ability may not be a whole lot, but what are you gonna do with the ability that you have? What are you gonna do what's been given to you? Are you gonna stay poor? 
Are you going to stay in a, a mindset or condition that's going to let, leave you with, in lack and without and continuing to uh, glean off or need the assistance of the system? I'm not bashing the system. What I'm bashing is a person who stays on the system because that's not what the system's there for. We shouldn't look to the government for continuous assistance for the rest of our lives. It's there for a moment or purpose, get off of it so that somebody else can use it to get help. You don't depend on that for a lifestyle. What happens is he gives one five, he gives one two, he gives the other one. The person who had five, as you know, doubled it. The person who had two, doubled it. The person with one talent went and buried it. And here's what's key. The king came back to settle his account. Well, God's going to come back to settle his account with each of us for what ability he's given us to do something on the earth with. If you were born poor, it doesn't mean you have to stay poor. And again, it's the mindset. Are you content with what you have and happy and being blessed and helping others? Or are you taking and stealing and murmuring and gurming and, and, and complaining about the condition that you're in and doing nothing about it? Uh, as he sums these accounts, he takes from the person who had one because the one person said, who had the one talent, he comes and says, I knew you were a man, or, or I knew you were a shrewd king who, who, who was reaping where he did not sow. Well, is that, is that the case? Because he did sow. He sowed into you, expecting to get a, a, a return in, on his investment. And he says, you know what? So he took the talent from the one and gave it to the one who had, who had 10 now, because to whom much is given, much is, is going to be, more will be given to, uh, to, to get a return. And the person who had that one talent was cast into the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we know that that place is actually called hell. There's a, there's a requirement for you to do what, what you've been giving and not to just stay in a condition unless that condition, unless you're blessed and you're happy in that condition. If you're not, do something about it, apply the principle and get out of the condition. That right there is like absolutely amazing. Like you hit so many key points for real. I'm over here shaking my head, clapping my hands, all kinds of stuff. But here's also a question that I have. For those who are protesting, I want to know why are they pro protesting? Um, because is it out of boredom? Is it really because you do lack? Is it because you have a desire to have abundance? You know, a lot of us now, because of the age that we live in, talent makes you rich, really. You can go and really do anything. You can cut hair. You can do this. And it, do you really not have anything? And that's why you want the country to reopen so that we can get back to work. Or is it because you want the abundance lifestyle? You're not um, happy with sitting back and taking time out uh, all the time that we prayed for, all the time that we asked God for, the rest and the relaxation. He's given it to us. We should have been specific. When we asked him, like, I'm so sick, I'm tired, I need a break. Well, he gave us a break. The break is here. And it may have not have been the way that we envisioned it in our mind, but it is here. So that's the question that I would like to ask the people. Like, why are we out there protesting? It's, and if it is the people who really don't have, then I, again, think that our mindset can be, we can come together, rally as a people, say, okay, let's get together as a group. Us who are uh, fortunate enough to have maybe just a little bit more than those who are actually struggling, as Curtis said, in these deserts right now, and these places where there is absolutely nothing, there's no life, there's no nothing. Maybe we can all put it together and we don't even have to do it through the government. We can do it as a, uh, what is it, a nonprofit organization. We can do it where we all come together with various resources and it doesn't always have to be financial. Maybe somebody's great and gifted at, at planting. Maybe somebody has an a, a animal farm. Maybe somebody has something where they can donate to this one organization and this organization can be the one to say, you know what? 
I'm going to go into these areas. Let's take the time out to make sure that COVID is completely wiped out. Let's make sure that everything is safe before we reopen things prematurely. So now that we have these, this, this surplus, we can take it and then take it into these areas that's in need. You hit it, bro. You hit it. You hit it when you said the surplus and, and, and the more. That goes back to the education piece and it goes back to the biblical principle. Because what does Malachi 3 and 10 says? It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food or meat in my house. And this, and this is what God says. He says, and test me now in this. One time you see God says this, like put me to the test. God says, if you te test me in this, in this principle, test me in this commandment, test me when I'm telling you to bring the tithe in, he says, he says, if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out the blessing until, you, until it overflows or you won't have room enough to receive. So if we would have applied the principle of sowing, saving, and spending, there would be meat in the storehouse. I I'm glad the government does what it does, but we don't need big government. If the principles would have applied, there would be meat in the storehouses in the local churches so that the people who would be really in need would have the ability to go to the church and get that need met. And then when the need is met, they, they themselves, when they get to stand on their own feet, they then can do what? Tie back into the storehouse. So there's always substance and always meat in the storehouse. So that's the importance of getting these principles taught and getting those principles applied. Absolutely. And, and that key, really quick, that key verse, you said, I will pour out a blessing. There's a difference between a sprinkling and a pouring. If people would understand, if you go outside and it's sprinkling outside, that's just a little mist of rain. But when there's a downpour, you are completely soaked. You're completely drenched. People need to understand that when we apply and when we follow that biblical principle of tithing into the kingdom, God is not just going to sprinkle out blessings on us. He's going to overshadow us. He's going to downpour on us and it's going to, we're going to be drenched. Fantastic points all. And I'm just, Dart, there was a couple of things that you had mentioned there that really hit with the obedience and, and God honors a principle. I think there's many cases where we could go into that. And something I wanted to actually touch on is, as you're talking about honoring a principle and, and effectively the American dream in a lot of cases. And that right there is something I wanted to segue into. The reason so many take a chance to come to America is to enjoy the freedoms we have here and a shot at that American dream. That term actually was coined by James Truslow Adams in a book in 1913. The novel was The Epic of America, and he wrote that the American dream was the dream of a land in which we should be better and richer and fuller for everyone with opportunity for each according to their ability or achievement. Meaning it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, or what quote unquote class you were in, you can attain your dream of success here in America if you're willing to work hard for it. And while that might not be true for all, it has been for a great many. That being said, everyone's different. And looking to today and not 1913, everyone has their own story as it relates to the current circumstances right now of COVID and this COVID team that we're dealing with. But taking a biblical perspective, my last question for the panel is thus, what should those who are hurting from this lockdown right now, what should they be doing to move forward? How can they continue to reach for that American dream? Or is it something deeper? And I think we kind of got on that. Are they looking toward the wrong dream? How can we step up the class gaps when the system or the environment that we're currently in seems to push those gaps wider? I would definitely say that I believe that people who are experiencing 
that class gap that are actually in that area. It, it goes back to what Dort said. We all have a talent. We all have a gift. We have something special in us that God gave us innately. And I want to say even before birth, because the Bible tells us that God knew us even before we were fashioned and formed in our mother's womb. He has gifts. He has talents in us. So maybe we can take those talents and turn them into something, turn those talents into a business, turn those talents into a legal hustle. You don't have to go out and do an illegal hustle. You can turn that into a legal hustle. I know even for myself, that's what Flawless Faith is about. It's about taking whatever talent you have, somehow or another spending that because God, if you ask God, he will anoint it. I believe that also, if you're not able to make headway by yourself, then the Bible tells us in Matthew, 20 for where two or three gather in my name there i am with them why not gather with someone who has like-minded ideas why not gather with somebody who may be able to put on uh you may have the car to your vision but maybe someone has the gas and somebody else has the keys to the car so why not link up with people who can help drive your vision who can help drive your talent who can help uh bring your talent to fruition. If we come together, and most importantly, gather in God's name, gather with him, he's going to be there in the midst. And I believe that when we take that time, that opportunity to gather, when we can't do things by ourselves and God is being glorified out of what we're doing, I know that he will make ways out of no ways. He will open up doors. I know there's one scripture that says to clear way, make way for the Lord. He's going to make a, a road and, and the dry places. He'll open up windows. He'll, he'll do all of these different things for you. And I believe if we do that, that godly principle of coming together, I know that it may seem like some things are a dead end, but we specialize in a God that can part a Red Sea, that can turn a clay and mud-filled bottom of, of a ground into dry walking land, and you can go clear across it, and he will make ways out of no ways. He will open up windows and pour out blessings that you can't even see that you can't even imagine, he will make ways out of no ways. And I believe if you apply that principle and that mindset in your mind, you can raise up out of any situation that you're in. Because again, it's not where you start at, it is where you see yourself going. I love that. I love that. Not where you start, but where you see yourself going. And we should all be seeing ourselves going when we actually manage to get to see Jesus face to face. Doesn't matter what class you are when that day happens. D'Artagnan? You know, I'm reminded of what could be perceived as the greatest generation in America that's often referred to as, and we, and we look at World War II, uh, like the Doughboys, the group of American people who, believe it or not, didn't have much. I mean, they were ration cards because everything went towards the war effort. So people didn't have much. You know, we, we, we were coming out of this, you know, this, this great depression, you know, so when it came to having to have things to support the war effort, this is known as the, the, the greatest society within America is because people came together who didn't have much. And this is what's proven here is that hard work pays off. It's, it's from this generation that we get so many businesses that, that, that were blossomed and bloomed, so many manufacturing companies, so many hardworking blue collar American workers who, 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 who came and, 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 and were able to provide for their family and worked hard. And I don't care what anyone says, I don't care what anyone says, hard work definitely pays off. And what happens is, is that you have to keep pushing. You can't, you can't give up. You, know, you can't at the first sight or the first sign of an obstacle, 
give up. You know, my background being in the military and, and being an armor guy or a tanker, if we were in a fight and you came to an obstacle as a tanker, you have to breach the obstacle. You drop your plow, you breach it, you call your mind clearing team. You can't, you don't give up and go back to, to the assembly area. And, and, this, and, and we live in a time frame now where people are so used to getting what they want, how they want it, instant gratification, that at the first sign of adversity, they're willing to just quit or they're willing to just, to just say, I need all the help in the world. Instead of saying, you know what, what can I do? What can I do to support someone else so that we can do something together to get over this obstacle? And, and, this, and that's what the greatest generation had. They had that we can come together and overcome anything. So, so we have to have this determination. We have to have this grit and we have to have this ability to say, you know what, let's get back to the mindset of being what, what made us uh, so great of a nation is that we wouldn't let any obstacle defeat us. We overcome it, we, 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 we overpower it, and, it's, and, 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 and we get through it. And it's understanding this, it's scripture-wide. A biblical mindset is this. Paul's saying that, you know, I'm not saying I obtained these things, he said, but this is what I tell you. He said, I press toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So I press, I don't give up. I press toward the mark of the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then you can apply that to anything in your life. What's the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus for you? I'll tell you what it is for me, that there'll be no lack in my life, because that's according to the word, that God delighted in the prosperity of his servant, that, that, that sickness will deny my dwelling, that by his stripes I'm healed. So if I don't see those things occurring in my life right now, what do I do? I press toward the prize of the calling, of the upward calling of, the, uh, of God in Christ Jesus. And he says, let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if anything, you have a different attitude, have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have obtained. We got to live according to the standard of the word. And if the word says it, that's what we do. We press toward the prize of the upper calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we press forward, not looking back, we press forward. Man, that that's powerful right there. Something I, I just want to touch on or bring out a little bit more. D'Artagnan, you were, you were really touching on some things there from, from Paul and in serving as an inspiration. I think a lot of that can serve as an inspiration for folks right now, pressing on. As, as you said, it could be applied to a lot of things. From, from my own background and, and mental health, that's something that we can always hold up. Hold up for, for countless individuals who are suffering and whatever it may be, right? We all suffer from something differently. But one thing that we can do is always look for that inspirational piece as opposed to giving up, pressing on. And we saw through Paul of how to press on through adversity, press on when times are less than ideal. Not everybody is going to be sitting in a Roman jail attached to their jailer and, and maybe flogged to the point of almost dying multiple times. But for, for a lot of people in America right now, it feels like they're chained to a jailer. It feels like they've been flogged. It feels like they are left alone in a cell with nowhere to go and no hope. But yet, Paul pressed on. So I'd put out there for the panel, how can we help inspire for others to press on? And something that comes to my mind, just as I'm asking the question, right now at this time, people are listening to a podcast that's come from pressing on. We're in the middle of, of all being locked down. And for me, this is something I will share with everybody. Started 22 Today Ministries for this reason. After my last deployment, 
wasn't all there when I came home and had some struggles. And there was a lot of times where I needed to press on. And now as we're in this new cycle of life and trying to adapt the, the psyche and adapt the mental to whatever this new environment is, I'm not going to say new normal. I think that's too cliche, but whatever this new environment is that, that we now have to live in, pressing on becomes so important. And so out of that, this podcast is born by an idea and then linking up with the right people in your life to bring things to reality. Because if the people in your life aren't lifting you up, then they don't need to be a part of your life. And that doesn't really matter where you're at. And, I, and I'm kind of getting onto a, a little bit of a soapbox tangent. So I'm going to stop there and bring it back to the panel and, and just ask you guys, where do you think we can find that inspiration? What would you lift up? as inspiration to those to help press on. I'm going to say um, one thing is, is faith. You have to have faith. I mean, they say faith without works, you know, you're not going to be able to obtain anything. So if you, if you have faith in whatever you're going to be going after, whatever you apply yourself to, um, you have to work as well. I mean, you have to work in order to obtain anything here on this earth. I just want to, you know, put a scripture out there, James uh, 2, verse 1. It says, listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? So one of the things of it is, is that no matter how poor you are, right, you can still be rich in faith. That's something that's not tangible, right? That's something that you that you can be strong in, something that you can have in order to and first inherit the kingdom of God. But secondly, to inherit things that are here on this earth as well. Uh, God will definitely bless you. God will definitely provide you with everything that you need, but you have to stay strong in faith and believe that God will supply your needs. If we could get a mic drop Ooh, sound just right for there. this podcast, I, I think that listen, calls for one. I can't even play the organ, but if I could play an organ right now, I would <laughs> tune up <laughs> right about now. Because that right there was a word. Yep. That right there was a word. I know definitely uh, as inspiration when uh, Pastor Dart was talking about Paul, I would look to, to Paul as an example, because here, when we look in Acts 16, when they were locked in prison, him and Paul and Silas, they were at the lowest point of being at the lowest point. They were locked in the inner dungeon of the cell. And like you said, they were locked. But yet, mm -hmm. at, here it is in their lowest point where they're beaten, where they're in this filthy place. I can only imagine how unsanitary that place had to have been. The Bible says that they were singing God's praises. So my question is, in the midst of where you are, what are you singing? What are you saying? Because it says that here, the prisoners that were there along with them, they didn't just um, listen to what Paul and Silas were singing and praising about. It said that they heard him. They heard them as well. And there's a difference between listening to people and hearing what people are saying. You hear people's testimony. You hear what people are going through. So I can only imagine the people saying in their mind, like, what in the world are they singing about? I know they've been beaten. I know that here it is, we're in prison too, but maybe some of them weren't beaten. Maybe some of them were just thrown inside of prison, but here they, they are bruised, battered, and beaten. And some of the, the people who may be listening to this podcast may feel that same way. In my mind, mentally, I'm bruised and battered. In my financial situation, I'm bruised, battered, and beaten. But there ought to be a song on the inside that resounds out of us because the scriptures tell us that in verse 26 of chapter 16 in Acts, it says there was a suddenly that happened. 
And I don't know if anybody gets excited about suddenlies, but I love suddenlies because that means out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, an earthquake happened, and then the chains mm. fell off of Paul and Silas, the prison doors flung open, and you don't ever know when a suddenly is going to occur. So praise God in the midst of whatever you're going through. Give God uh, praise. Even people, they may see you struggling. They may see you going through, but there ought to be an unbreakable joy on the inside of you that no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to give God praise because when my suddenly happens, I know I'm going to break out of this place where I am now, and I want to point all praise and glory back to God. Y'all don't have to look for me running out nowhere. Nope, I'm still here, and I'm still giving God praise even in the midst of it. Curtis, as we're getting very close to the, the end of the, tonight's show, what would you leave for our listeners? Well, I just would say, hey, stay, stay, in, stay encouraged during these times. Uh, you know, one of the things that I definitely want to keep hitting on is that the S cubed, uh, so saved and spend. Uh, that's something that you definitely can implement now. I mean, you just have to be uh, dedicated. You have to be, you know, spot on in terms of getting through this thing. That there are opportunities there, you know, where you will be able to come up out of this. I mean, it may seem gloomy right now. One of the things, like I said, you always can, you know, look to your Bible and find the word and be able to feed your inner man in order to get through this. So definitely I would say, you know, stay strong in faith. Through faith, you will definitely be able to achieve whatever you need to achieve through this. Amen. Amen. I guess my parting thought would be, um, we don't do it alone. Anything you do in the earth, you're not supposed to do by yourself, really. When you go swimming, you're not supposed to go swimming by yourself. When you go running, you don't go running by yourself. You know, when you when you work out in the gym, you should have a spotter. So as we're pressing, Make sure you have a spotter while you're pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Make sure you have a spotter. And I, and I want to leave you really with the scripture that Apostle Paul writes to the Church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians 9 11, where he says, God is faithful. And he says, you were called by him into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This word fellowship is the word koinonia in the Greek, which actually means a common union. It's where we get communion from. So we were called into fellowship with him as well as fellowship with one another. And he says, now I urge you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say. So he says that all of you agree in what you say. So what do we say? Well, we say what the word of God tells us to say, to let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, knowing that he who promised is faithful and just to fulfill. So we, we hold fast to the confession of our hope without faith wavering, knowing that Jesus is faithful and just to fulfill. And the confession is that Jesus is Lord. So he says that you all agree in what you say. And that's the confession that Jesus is Lord. And he says, that there be no divisions among you. See, the enemy wants to divide us because he wants you to go to the gym by yourself. So you can try to lift that weight and the weight collapse on you and break your sternum. No division. We're going to the gym with one another so we can press with one another. We can run with one another. We're going to run this race together. And, and, and although we're running the, our own race, we're in a relay here. So we're, we're, we're on a team here. So we're going to pass the baton to one another. And he says, that you be united with the same understanding and the same convictions. And that's what we want to do. We want to be united, same understandings, same convictions, teach the word of God, teach those principles of, save, of, of so save and spend, teach the principles of understanding that you may be poor right now, but you don't have to be poor forever in your mindset because, because there's freedom and liberty in God to take you to whatever level you desire to be in. So I, I, I'll leave people with that on this evening, that we, we, we're, we're in this together and we're pressing together and we all need a spot. And as we are passing the baton, I guess it's my turn to pick that up. We as a nation can and should do better. But unfortunately, as has been mentioned several times already this evening, many of the principles and values that we cherish 
that would help our communities has instead been thrown to the side for political favor and the party line. And so my thought is we have two hurdles to overcome this. First, can we get government to effectively listen to us regardless of our stance? Second, given the political environment, if we could get our elected officials to even listen to us, could we then in turn get the people to listen to our elected officials? Reason being is ultimately I believe we need to have one voice, one goal, or we will fail. If our local governments aren't in agreement with a response, it doesn't matter. One state opens and another closes doesn't solve the fact that many Americans travel between states every day. And so the only voice I feel that we can turn to here is the voice of Jesus. Now, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt stay closed due to COVID, though Isaiah 26, 20 does say seek shelter for a little while. Saving the end times prophecy discussion for another evening, we can seek shelter in the one strong tower that has proven to be safe regardless of the situation. And he says to love one another. So I would say to those in the class struggle during COVID, I would say ultimately class is just another label society places on you. And that label doesn't matter because it isn't yours. It falls to dust. It doesn't stick with you. The one label that will stay with you forever is child of God. That label is eternal. So practically, I say seek God first and really actually listen. If you're raising your voice right now in protest because you can't stand what the government is doing, please, not now. Stand down. Lend your voice to those who are in the gap because what you're doing is politicizing an issue that has much greater ramifications. Not saying you shouldn't protest, but think about others first. Are you helping or are you taking away from their voice? If you need to work for your family, pray for covering, and you should be able to go out there and get to work. Go get yours if you have to, but if you can wait for a little while, why test it? And so at the end of the day, what are you singing? Maybe we could all try to go with a new tune. That tune should start possibly with a prayer that we're going to hear from Shannon as he closes us out and ends with prayer. Wow. My final thought would definitely be to whoever is going to listen to this podcast, I know for myself, there has been many times where I've watched TV. I know there's been many times where I've watched award shows. I've watched TV shows. I've watched talk shows. And I have been the listener. I have been the one who was viewing that show. And I wonder, like, how did those people make it? How did those people get through? How did those people survive? How did they get through everything that they had in their life? And I am here to speak to those people tonight. I want to say, don't give up. I want to say that if you're listening to this podcast, you are not a mistake. You're here for a reason. And this very present time, God specifically had you planted during this to be alive during this COVID-19 season. You are much needed in your community. You're much needed in your family's lives. You're much needed in your community. You are needed. And I want to say to you, no matter what the obstacle, no matter what the circumstances, don't you dare fall down and don't you dare give up in this race. Where you are now is not where you're destined to go. And I'm telling you that if you put your trust in God, if you love God, if you put your faith in God, if you believe and stand on his word, which is your guidance, which is your principle, if you stand on his word, I can rest assured 
and tell you that you will not be in this place forever. There is greater for you. There is greater that is destined for you. There is greater that will come out of this all. So as we close in prayer tonight, Father, we just thank you for this time tonight, Lord. We give your name all praise, glory, and honor, Lord. We don't get tired of singing your praises. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that if we, when we reflect back over our lives, even as this gathered gentlemen, we understand and we see where we came from. We see where our beginning was, but we see where we are now, Lord. And if we can keep on looking just a little bit further, it's not even where we're going to be, Lord. But I know you have even greater for us. You have even greater destinies for us. You have even greater purpose for us. So, Lord, don't even allow us to be satisfied where we are now, Lord. Allow those who listen to this podcast to get a quickening in their spirit, a quickening that says, no, I I won't die in this place. No, I won't give up in this place. I may have lack in my life right now, but it's full with joy. My life is full with peace. My life is full with purpose. My life is rich in faith. My life is rich and joy and trust in a God who will supply all of my needs. So Lord, I'm asking you right now, Lord, that you allow us to come together as a unity, Lord, and as unity, allow us to come together and, and support one of another. Allow us, God, not to go into these races by ourselves, Lord, but send the spotters, God. Send the spotters in the spirit that won't allow us to be abandoned in the gym of life by ourselves so that we won't get hurt, so that we can watch one another's back. Lord, let there be no division amongst us, but help us, God, to be obedient, Lord. Allow us to now think of godly principles, Lord, so that we can come together, Lord. We can learn how to sow together. We can learn how to save together. And then we can learn how to spend wisely together. Let us to be faithful stewards over what you've given us, Lord. And we're going to give your name, glory, and honor, Lord. And we just thank you even right now, Lord, that all of those who are listening tonight, Lord, and listening today or whatever time of the day they may be listening to this podcast, Lord, if they're in a place, Lord, where they may feel downtrodden, where they may feel lack, where they may feel that they are less than, whether it be spiritual, whether it be financially, whether it be emotionally or mentally, Lord, we ask that right now you pour them out a blessing that they won't have room to receive, that you open up the window, Lord, as they tithe their time. Right now, we may be in a situation where financial we're broken down. So help us to tithe our time, Lord. Help us to give our time back to you that we can spend in your presence, Lord, and pour out that abundance of peace, pour out that abundance of, of, of prosperity in our lives, Lord. And we're going to give you all glory back to you, Lord. We're not going to turn it back to man and we're not going to glorify ourselves but when we come out of the situations that we're in we're going to point all glory and honor back to you lord we thank you again for this time we glorify and magnify your holy and righteous name and the name of jesus we pray amen well there you have it episode three in the books on behalf of myself and the panel thank you for joining us as we discussed a matter of class Make sure to click that subscribe button and tune in every week as we look to address hot topics of the day to help men lead their families, their organizations, and their communities. If you'd like to hear more from Pastor Hayward, make sure to check him out on Facebook at D'Artagnan J. Hayward and tune in to one of his Tuesday night teachings. Look forward to having you back next week when we look to answer again, what man? Until then, God bless.